Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jeffrey Copen joins us now, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. Folks at Lake Forest Hospital are sponsoring or at Northwestern Medicine this conversation, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Dr. Copen, welcome back to WGN. Thank you, John. How are you today? Pretty good. You know, I carry around a little blue notebook with me and I write down notes of things I need to do, you know, uh, call the plumber, uh, uh, do this thing that you've been meaning to do. Uh, Sometimes I write down names or numbers that I'm afraid I'm going to forget. Uh, I think every year that any of us gets older, if we're lucky enough to get older every year, uh, we see our mental faculties dissipate just a little bit. And there's concern with the two premier, uh, you know, the, the two front runner presidential candidates right now, uh, and, and Joe Biden's memory particularly. Um, that's a long way to just ask you, what do you think about the concerns about both candidates, really, and some of their mental gaffes? Is there some medical observation you have about all of that? Well, you know, I think with President Biden, you know, without getting into any detail, because, you know, I obviously have never examined him. We've we all have been acquainted with Senator Biden, Vice President Biden and now President Biden for a very long time. And I think anyone who's watched his career would be hard pressed not to say that there's been quite a bit of quite a bit of aging that he's experienced. And that seems to have included his memory. Um, he's made some you know, pretty impressive gaffes over the last several years that you know, we're all, we all know about. We don't need to recount them now, John. Um, so I, you know, I think there's something going on there. I can't be any more specific, but we all know people in their 80s that um, have issues with memory. It's a normal part of life. It doesn't mean that somebody's demented. It just they're just having problems with their memory as they get older. Um, I think any of us, once we once we get into our fifties, realize that our memories are not what they used to be. Right? Sure. I mean, I, I I never used to keep a calendar. I need a calendar now. Well, and that's I, kind of my point. You know, and I, I understand that how your memory would lead to your ability to make good decisions, but it's not like he doesn't know where Egypt is or doesn't recall the fact that he visited with the president of Egypt. He just juxtaposed the names. I think the, the, well, what's, what's troubling all of us in our own personal lives is what does my lapse of memory say about my decision-making abilities? Is memory right, and we're talking about the president of the United States to Jen. You know, it's this isn't this isn't Uncle Joe, right? Uh, who we saw on Thanksgiving and we're concerned about. I mean, this is the most powerful man in the world. We all, as American citizens, depend a lot on the president. And you know, I'm concerned about perception more than anything else, to be honest. But mm. clearly, as I said, we we have all watched a deterioration in, in the president's faculties. Whether that makes him fit to be president or not, I'll leave to the voters. But um, you know, we've all seen this happen in other people as they age. 
Eb, you just said perception. You mean our perception of him, the world's perception of America's president, regardless of their... Are yeah, you, and I think that's critical, right? Yeah, I'm I mean, not arguing it's, that it's point. It's absolutely I'm, critical. Yeah, right. So maybe they are, are fit enough, but if people don't have confidence in their decision-making ability, then they don't have confidence in their decision-making ability. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it would seem, you know, with all the different world leaders um, mistaking al-Sisi of Egypt with AMLO of Mexico, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think any of us would have a hard time with that. But again, it really be, comes down to perception. But, you know, staying away from that, John, I, I, I think the key thing is without being a geriatrician and without getting into Questions like neuropsych, formal neuropsychiatric um, testing, which we do often in people as they start to develop their um, their as they start to develop memory issues. You know, it's this is kind of right. We all know from our own experience that people as they get into their seventies, eighties, and beyond, there's going to be some cognitive deterioration. There's certainly going to be some some memory issues. Um, as for uh, former President Trump, I mean, he, too, is approaching 80, and I think we're seeing things there, too. Speaking of well-known people, so Toby Keith has passed away at the age of 62 after receiving treatment for stomach cancer. How able is someone to predict that kind of cancer? Um, how able, uh, uh, that is, to what symptoms present themselves? How able might I be to know that I have stomach cancer? Yeah, the stomach cancer, Jen, is just such a difficult one. Um, it's rare that an individual is going to have symptoms that signal that there could be a problem of stomach cancer. Usually when we diagnose an individual with stomach cancer, like with Toby Keith, it's advanced stomach cancer and treatment is very difficult. Stomach cancer, when it spreads from the stomach, can be a very aggressive cancer. It's it's difficult to treat even with our very best therapies. And unfortunately, that's what happened with Toby Keith. So, you know, indigestion, food's not agreeing with me. Um I mean, we all experience that. Two, at least two-thirds of the population has indigestion at some time, and that's almost never stomach cancer. So we just we don't have great symptoms to go with. We don't have easy-to-use screening tests right. to look for this. And, you know, and the other thing, John, is stomach cancer is not all that common. It's one of the more rare cancers that we see. And that, that's a problem, too, trying to come right. up with a good screening right. strategy for the population. Yeah, it seems to me like I remember back in the day, my mom and dad or some of the, uh, the adults in my neighborhood when I was a kid would drive up to Mayo and they'd go there for a weekend and they'd get sort of a... Uh, uh, you know, a tune-up. The, the, they would look at all of the th possible kinds of cancers and then and then sort of get a report back and all go, whew, if the thing comes back clear. Is is that a thing people do? Is that a service hospitals offer these days? Yeah, I mean, people can do that. I mean, Mayo still offers that. Um, pretty much every, every diagnostic test imaginable. 
Um, it's not a great strategy. It's certainly not a great strategy for the whole population. Jen, do you recall a couple of weeks ago we, we talked about a diagnostic test yep. that could look for early signs of cancer? It's a blood test, mm-hmm. and it looks for certain genetic abnormalities. I actually think that that testing, as it develops, will likely give us an easy-to-use screening test where we will be able to identify cancers in an early stage, and we'll be able to do it relatively cheaply so it can be applied to a large population with a very good degree of accuracy. So I see that coming down the um, path. It's not here right now. We just have the beginnings of it. But I think we're going to see. Um, I think we're going to see some pretty impressive methods to pick up on cancer at a very early stage. We're talking to Northwestern's Dr. Jeffrey Copen about a CDC guideline that I guess has changed. Is this right, Doctor? Well, it hasn't changed yet, John. I, I don't know how this gets out of CDC. Um, apparently, they're working on changing the, the COVID guidelines, the stay home for five days if you're feeling better. After five days, wear a mask for five days or more. Um, that what's come out is CDC was planning on sending to the Biden administration a change that rather than waiting five days, if you're not febrile, if you don't have a fever anymore and your symptoms are getting better, you could go out, even if it's before five days. Um, this is what the state of California and the state of Oregon have already done. Um, somehow this came out. The CDC was planning on publicizing this in April. Here we are in February. So I suspect that we're going to rapidly see a change in CDC guidance to something different, which is really more symptom related mm-hmm. and the number of days related. What do you make of that, Dr. Copen? I think that's what most people are doing anyway. Yeah, I was just going to say. that's part of the reason. I, and it sounds to me like not that different from some of the things you've been saying. You, you haven't been, um, should I say, as strict about this sort of thing as, I don't know, maybe some people want to be. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I, you know, John, we've been stressing now for quite a while, individuals who are at the highest risk of getting seriously ill from COVID and older people, people who have chronic disease, people who are immunosuppressed, they're going to have to take special measures themselves because they can't depend on the broader population. People are not going to do this. I mean, we've we're coming up now on four years of COVID next month. I mean, yeah, I, I can't right. believe I'm saying that. No. Right? Four years. Now, none of this is a secret anymore. We know what's going on. We know how, how people are living with COVID, the way people are perhaps not taking precautions. I mean, people are living their lives, and it is what it is, and we just have to accept that. So I think. CDC changing the guidelines in its guidance is inevitable, and I, I believe we're going to see this happen before April. I just asked producer Pete if there's an understood date universally, say in the United States for COVID. What's the COVID anniversary? Is it March 15th? I don't know what it is. Um, 
but I'm thinking it's yeah. Mars. Is it the time it was first identified in the United States? Is it when we got shut down? Yeah, right. right. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I guess each city would be different. I kind of think Chicago's would have been St. Patrick's weekend, maybe, of 2020. I'd have to look that up. Um, hey, Dr. Copen, it says here, I just tested positive for COVID. I wasn't even going to test, but I'm a nurse. I'm scheduled to work tomorrow. I didn't want to expose my coworkers or patients. I can go back to work on Saturday. My first symptoms were Sunday. I don't even have to retest says this area nurse. You want to react to that? No, that's true. Um, there's no need to retest. Um, our, our nurse should follow the guidelines that her place of employment right. um, will provide. I mean, that's very important to do that. But it sounds to me by the weekend, she will be able to go back to work. Yeah. One last thing. I see that measles are not gone forever, are they? Yeah, measles have been around, unfortunately, because of all the COVID measures that we put in place to deal with COVID. Inevitably, what occurred is not every kid who ordinarily would have been vaccinated against measles had been hit, was vaccinated. So now we're seeing what happens when a lot of kids don't get vaccinated. There's a lot more measles. We're seeing more measles in the United States. Um, there's places in Africa and Asia that are seeing a lot more measles. And it's a big problem because, you know, we, we have forgotten that measles can be a fatal disease. Meadle, measles can cause lasting problems in, in children that last when they become adults. So, you know, I, everyone who's listening to us, if you know kids who have not appropriately received their, their measles vaccines, please make sure that they do get it. This is a real problem, and we don't want anyone to get measles. The vaccine against measles is is at least 97% effective against getting measles, right? Different, a different concept, John, than when we talk about the COVID vaccine, right? We're not talking about getting sick. We're talking about even contracting the infection. So it's critically important that kids get vaccinated vaccinated for measles according to the vaccination guidelines. Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Lake Forest Hospital. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, doctor. Thanks for joining us today. All right, John. Take care. Be well.